Catholic commentary. Spiritual warfare. Stay ready so you don't have to get ready. Jesus 911. Soul Patrol Jesus 911. Today is the fifth day within the octave of the Nativity of the Lord. And it's still December. So remember, December, we're still reflecting on the divine infancy of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, the Nativity. We're still celebrating as Catholics the, the, the birth of Jesus Christ. I still have my Christmas lights out there, my tree. Everything's up. Because as Catholics, we celebrate for eight days because this is such, this is such a huge event in salvation history, God becoming a man, the Incarnation, that it takes Catholics an entire week for us to try to just take this all in. Today's also the feast day of St. Thomas Beckett. Pray for us. And on Wednesdays, as you well know, we, got, we get into spiritual warfare issues. Let me start off with the uh, St. Michael the Archangel prayer, because we're going to be talking. I'm going to be talking about some things that are rather dark. So I want to bring light into the show before I get into some of the dark issues of the day. <clears throat> in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, Amen. St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our defense against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray, and do thou, Prince of the Heavenly Host. By the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. We'll pray it in Latin as well. Santi Michele Arcangeli, defendanos in prelio, contra nequisim et insidious, diabli esu presidium, impera ilideo suplices epricamur tuque, princeps malitia celesti satanamaliosque, espiritu malignus quiat perdicionim, animarum pervagantrot in mundo, divina virtute, in infernum de trude, amen. And we'll pray a soul of Christ. <clears throat> soul of Christ, sanctify me. Body of Christ, save me. Blood of Christ, cenebriate me. Water from the side of Christ, wash me. Passion of Christ, strengthen me. O good Jesus, hear me. Within your wounds, hide me. Separate it from you. Let me never be from the evil and protect me. The hour of my death, call me. And close to you, keep me. That with your saints and angels, I may be praising you forever and ever. Amen. We'll pray it in Latin. <clears throat> Anima Christi, santificame. Corpus Christi, salvame. Sanguis Christi, inebriame. Aqualateris Christi, laveme. Pasio Christi, confortame. O bone Jesu, exaudime. Intra tua volera abscondeme, ne permites me separaria te, a vos te maligno defendeme, in hora mortis me avocame, et ubi me venire ate, ucum sanctis tuis laudem te, in secula seculorum, amen, in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen, in nomine patris efeli, Espiritu Santi, amen. Okay, now we let light into, in fact, I'm going to put some more light on me, there it is. Okay, <clears throat> the devil is not even hiding his, uh, He's not, uh, he's not even trying to hide his cards any longer. <clears throat> we see right now in America, around the world, but we live in America, so we'll talk about this country. In the U.S., we're seeing this open assault, this open uh, frontal assault from Satan. I say that because the Satanic Temple, they've installed a display at the Illinois Capitol. I don't know if you've heard about it. So they've put their own version of their own... Uh, blasphemous nativity scene. They put a baby goat, uh, a statue of a baby goat or a figurine, the members of the Satanic Temple of Illinois. <clears throat> they installed a holiday-themed display inside the state capitol in Springfield on Monday. 
and and uh, the the satanic temple director of campaign operations. This is how organized they are now. In a press release, he said, "This year's tradition marks a greater urgency in the Baphomet's message of harmony and reconciliation." Baphomet is a demon who we reject, rebuke, and renounce in Jesus' name. Uh, so you see these these Satanists, they're playing word games. They're, they're, they're experts at wordsmithing. This is absolute malarkey that came out of the mouth of the Satanist. Baphomet, who we reject, rebuke, and renounce in Jesus' name, is a demon, is one of the generals of Satan. And uh, the Satanic director of campaign operations... He's saying that uh, that this demon is going to bring a message of harmony and reconciliation. That's quite the opposite of what a demon does. <clears throat> a demon brings about division and uh, and 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 destruction. So the display, which features an infant version of the satanic deity Baphomet, was placed alongside the other city's holiday displays to celebrate. Sol Invictus, an ancient pagan Roman holiday, which was later replaced by Christmas, by the birth of our Lord Jesus Christ. <clears throat> so this uh, this satanic nativity set, it was designed by Albuquerque, New Mexico-based horror artist Chris Andres. I'm, I'm, I'm guessing he's probably an apostate Catholic, a fallen away Catholic. <clears throat> and so the satanic, the satanic um, infant version display of this satanic deity it was placed next to Springfield's Christian nativity scene well obviously the the display immediately drew criticism and protesters from serious Catholics most notably the Springfield Diocese and its leader Bishop Thomas Paprocki Bishop Paprocki oversaw the installation of the traditional Christian nativity arguing that a satanic display should have no place in this capital or any other place because, again, the church used to teach for many decades, error has no rights. And so Bishop Paprocki, he's one of the better U.S. bishops, thanks be to God. I'm glad to see that he went out there and he's speaking out against these Satanists. So when representatives of the Temple of Satan came to install the baby Baphomet, who we reject, rebuke, and renounce in Jesus' mighty, holy, powerful name, when they, when these members uh, put up their their statue, what ended up happening? There was a there was an immediate a resistance from our side, from the Catholics, and it's good to see good committed Catholics out there around the country that are not going to put up with this malarkey, and that uh, are obviously uh, they do this out of love for Jesus and out of love for truth. Because they know that anything that's that's related to Satan or Satanism is divisive and it's destructive, and it's spe- specifically it, it destroys a, a person's interior life. So you have members of the Catholic Advocacy Group, American Society for the Defense of Tradition, Family, and Property. They also gathered nearby to protest. They were holding signs that read, "Satan has no rights." And the sign also said, Mary crushes the serpent. Uh, these Catholics from the American Society for the Defense of Tradition, Family, and Property, they're serious Catholics. They're part of Team Jesus. 
They're definitely living out their calling as a church militant. They're amazing young men. But the criticism from Catholics didn't dissuade the Satanic Temple supporters with the organization offering to actually meet with Bishop Paprocki to celebrate the season. Can you imagine that? One of the uh, church, the Temple of Satan spokesmen, Hallian, said in a statement, This year's display celebrates unity. Baloney. <laughs> That's not true. Uh, Hallian, the Satanist, says, In keeping with that spirit, we have invited Bishop Paprocki to hold hands with members of the Satanic Temple while we come together and stand before all of the religious displays at the Rotunda. I am sure people of all faiths in the Springfield community will be very disappointed if Bishop Paprocki turns down this opportunity and opts to divide people, especially during the holidays. So notice what these Satanists are doing. They're trying to take the moral high ground and shame Bishop Paprocki into joining them in a false ecumenical moment with the enemies of our Lord. The Bible is very clear. <clears throat> what does light have to do with darkness? Nothing. What does Jesus have to do with Beelzebub? Beelzebub? Nothing. This is oil and water, Christianity and Satanism. And so these Satanists are trying to use, obviously, the Democrat Party out there in Illinois uh, that, that provides cover for them. They're trying to shame this bishop into you know, participating in some type of a joint ecumenical moment. It ain't going to happen. Not with Bishop Paprocki. Uh, thankfully, Bishop Paprocki didn't even respond to these Satanists. Okay? He's the bishop of, the Sp of Springfield Diocese. He didn't respond to the request. The Satanic Temple has, uh, for the last couple of years, installed Satanic displays within the state capitol. I think they started back in 2019. They installed a display titled, Knowledge is the Greatest Gift. Okay. Uh, I'll put them on I'll right next segment. I'll get Paul on. I want to get. I'll get Paul on for the next segment. So uh, again, the Satanists with their sculptures, with the sculptures that they're putting on in different places around the country, uh, these people are basically letting us know that uh, game on. This is a fight. The Temple of Satan, the Satanists, they are, they are awake right now, and they are not keeping their mouth shut. The Satanic Temple, this group. Is, is a humanist organization. This one in particular, because they're all over the country, but this one that's doing this uh, demonic infancy uh, uh, crash in, in, in the Illinois State Capitol, they're from Salem, Massachusetts. And uh, that group regularly makes the news because they're very politically active. They align themselves with the Democrat Party on all the issues of morality and the life issues. And they also promote a lot of secular values this uh, the Temple of Satan uh, from Salem, Massachusetts. They also made the news because they attempted to sue Texas over the state's heartbeat abortion bill, but they lost. Thanks be to God. Uh, so here's what's interesting. And pay attention to this. The Satanic Temple around the country, all these different chapters, and the Democrat Party have the same exact political stances on the moral issues of the day. Also, Satanists protest alongside Democrats when it comes to maintaining abortion. Coincidence? I don't think so. We'll be right back. I want to get Paul's reflections. Now... Back to Jesus 911.
If this call is not an emergency, dial 888-526-2151. Jesus 911, one-man car, but I got my partner, Paul Clay, calling in. He wants to weigh in on the topic that I just discussed about the Satanic Temple installing a display at the Illinois Capitol. Paul, are you on? I am, Jess. Thank you. Thank what say you, Paul? What's uh, Again, my, 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 my position is, for many centuries, Paul, the Catholic Church lived by this axiom. It was called, evil has no rights. But uh, based on a lot of the false ecumenism that's crept into the church in the last 45, 50 years, uh, that we're kind of hush-hush about that. We don't say that because that's a politically incorrect statement according to secular humanists. But uh, that's exactly what we should be applying right now with the, in this instance. What do you say? Yeah, absolutely, Jess. Listen, political correctness has no place in the church, period. Mm-hmm. Okay? And, and uh, as far as evil has no rights, I love it. And, it, and, and like you said, prior to, uh, you know, um, prior to Vatican II in the church, um, that uh, was heralded and taught yes. in the church. That would be akin, Jess, to saying that a child molester has the right to molest children. Hmm. Now, yeah. as a you know, as absurd as that sounds, you know, when you when you when you fight on the side that evil has rights, you're basically saying, well, child molesters have a right to molest children, <laughs> and and we know that nothing could be further from the truth. Um, you know. Amen. It's, yeah, no, no, nobody would hold that position. No, no rational no, thinker. No, yeah, no, exactly. Yeah, no rational thinker would hold that position. And if you just go back, even just a few years, like you said, uh, the world was a different place. The boldness of this, uh, these Satanists to do this, particularly at a time of year when you know, you know, obviously by design, when we're all uh, celebrating the greatest event in human history. You talked about it the other day, the octave of Christmas. We take eight days in the church to recognize the greatest day in human history. The Amen. day the that incarnation. Jesus Christ came. Yeah, and, then the, and the season, the day that Jesus Christ was the Word made flesh. And, came, you know, that is the greatest day in human history. And the Satanists are so emboldened right now. Uh, just a few years back, Jess, we would have treated the— uh, the, the Satanists like uh, like like Frankenstein. We would have grabbed our pitchforks and ran them out of town. You know, <laughs> you know, literally ran you know ran the monster out of town. And a lot of people, you know, it, yeah, it sounds funny, but the reality is, is that's how sometimes you need to deal with evil. You know, there needs to there needs to be a righteous indignation when it comes to certain things, particularly when the aim and the attack is the Lord God, because that's exactly, you know, what their aim is. Their aim is to undercut and 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 um, you know just uh, distract from the world paying homage. To what I said again, the greatest day in human history. And Paul, remember, you know, you and me were uh, in law enforcement for many years, and you know that when you arrest people, the average person that does they don't want to go to jail. 
they will lie and deny and connive and deceive. I mean, there'll be a smoking gun in their hand and they'll say, officer, I didn't shoot. I didn't shoot that person. The person's, you know, dead with a hole in the forehead. The, the yeah. Satanists do quite the same thing. The Satanists. Yes. Uh, and they're saying, oh, come on over here, Catholics, and let's hold hands and let's, you know, uh, have a moment of silence and just celebrate this, uh, this, this season. Uh, they're, what they're trying to do, Paul, this is false ecumenism. Uh, yes. St. Paul talks about what does light have to do with darkness? What does God have to do with Beelzebub? There's nothing in common here. We're not going to sit That's around right. and have a moment of silence with Satanists. Opposed. Yeah. Yes, they're diametrically opposed. And um, and you're right. Yeah, A lot of people say, oh, what do you mean false ecumenism? Well, the logical uh, path, the tra- trajectory of of ecumenism, false ecumenism is is basically, it's it, you know the it's it's compromise. And when you begin you to go. compromise and settle on things, uh, you know that well, you know we know that's not exactly true, but we can we can accept that position. Well, after a while, you give it enough time, and you're ten miles off the reservation. <laughs> you know what I'm saying. <laughs> And this is and this is and this is where we see ourselves now. We see uh, Satanists, you know, taking um, taking us to court and taking different municipalities to court, you know, saying we have a right to, uh, you know, um, open up uh, the city hall meeting with satanic prayer. Right. Exactly. No, you don't. you, you yeah. have no right. You should be beaten. And, yeah. With many no, no, stripes. You're right, Paul. You know. Uh, and, and by the way. This uh, this Baphomet, who we reject and rebuke and renounce in Jesus' name, he's a demon child of sacrifice, which we would call modern day abortion. So it's no, it's no coincidence that they use that demon deity to put on a crib. Uh, and again, <clears throat> Satanists are experts. They're like terrorists in a sense. They both use a strategy. Terrorists, when you talk to them, they'll they'll, they'll use a doctrine for the Quran. It's called takia. Takia in Arabic right. means lying to the infidel so that you can advance the cause of Islam. Satanists will look at you straight in the face and they'll say, no, we don't worship Satan. We, we, you know, he just kind of like a, a myth. You know, we're just secular humanists. We want to advance secular humanist causes, but we don't worship an actual devil. They'll say that right to your face. By the way, Paul, as as they're they're crossing their fingers behind their back with both hands and laughing in their you know laughing subconsciously, oh, I, and, yeah, and a lot of people yeah. buy it. They say, "Well, just the Satanists, they just use that name, but they're actually secular humanist organizations." Well, well, first oh. of all, secular hu- who's the god of this world? First John five nineteen, Satan. Who's the prince of this world? John twelve thirty one, Satan. So if somebody says we're here to advance. World, nothing but worldly causes. Well, guess what? You're advancing the cause of Satan, who's a prince and the god of this world. Paul, comment. Yeah, you're absolutely 100% correct, Jess. The, uh, uh, think about the witchcraft, and that's the only word I can describe it as, the witchcraft that has um, uh, affected people in that they will... They will fight for a right to destroy the most vulnerable, innocent children in the womb. They will say that that is a right. 
you know, and the, and 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 they preface, oh, it, you know, it's it's our, it, you know, I'm pro-choice. It sounds so good, Jess. I'm pro-choice, but finish the sentence. You have, you know, I'm pro-choice that I can choose to kill my baby in the it, womb. Yeah, finish the sentence. You know? You're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just finish it and play it out to to, to what the conclude. What are you fighting for? What are you pro? You're pro killing innocent children in the womb. Paul, here's something. That here's something. To me, takes witchcraft to 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 even embrace that concept. Of course, yep. And well, and, and well, they're they're twins. They're twin daughters of Satan, uh, Satanism, and witchcraft. But here's something interesting: is that the Satanic Temple, this organization, and others around the country, and the Democrats Party. They have the same exact political stances on the moral issues of the day, on marriage, on life. The Democrats and the Temple of Satan around the country are exactly uh, congruent with each other on the moral issues of the day. In fact, you'll find many Satanists, and they'll have signs with them out there, they'll protest alongside Democrats when it comes to maintaining abortion, like in front of uh, abortion clinics and stuff, You'll see people have Democrat signs across the street, and also you'll have a, a slew of other people in the crowd that have satanic signs. So, Paul, the Satanists, they, they feel quite at home with the Democrat Party because well, on, the, on the life issues, on the moral issues, uh, they're basically bedfellows. Yeah, yes, and we talked about this before. Let's just do a little police work here. Um, let's go back. Uh, who wrote the Communist Manifesto? Oh, it was Karl Marx and Frederick Engels, right? Mm. They wrote the Communist Manifesto, which was dedicated to Satan. Okay. <laughs> uh, you know, okay, so, so, so now when we look at the, the modern Democratic Party today, they literally have stood for nothing for so many years that they have fallen for anything. And so now they can march around and, 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 even I can't even imagine when you sit there and say, "Well, we need to defund the police." Really? What What do you want? Anarchy? Helter skelter? What is it that What is it that you're trying to achieve? Defund the police? Destabilize our society? To tear our society down? And yes, yes, the answer is yes. That is the plan. Of, uh, if you talk to people like AOC and all these other people, they're not patriots. They're not they. They, they have no loyalty to the United States of America or its constitution. They are, they are focused on, number one, their own career and their own career survivability, and they want to fundamentally change our entire way of life. And you know what? I don't care if it sounds harsh what I'm saying, because guess what? If the truth offends you, you need to be offended. That's what I, that, you know, that's my, that, that, that's what I go by. If the truth offends you, you need to be offended. Why? Because if you remain in your error, if you remain, you know, uh, fighting for the, these frivolous ideas, you will end up in hell. You will that's not right. like the temperature. <laughs> yeah. Or the company. Yeah, or the company. Yeah, um, and, and I'm going to tell you, Paul, just gonna, I'm going to just say it straight out. These Satanists... If they continue down this trajectory, they're on their way to hell, period. Because they are completely aligning themselves with the fallen angel 
that is the is the immortal enemy of our souls. Something also very interesting about these Satanists and also these witches, which again, they're basically twin daughters of evil, is that they know who the enemy is. I mean, I, I don't tell you a lot of times, Paul, but I get a lot of emails and a lot of social media uh, threats from Satanists and witches, witchcraft, or witches and wizards because of this show, because of Jesus 911, because right. we broach these topics and, you know, I, I don't, I just throw them away. I just print them out and throw them away and stuff and say a prayer, you know, cut, cover myself with the uh, Our Lady's mantle and call upon the blood of Jesus and move on. But yes. one thing I do have in common with Donald Trump is that Donald Trump and myself have the same enemies. He also, Paul, when he was president for four years, the Satanists and witches, they had an organized monthly liturgical putting hexes and curses against Donald Trump through social media during his four years in office. And so, yep. uh, again, one thing about the former president and myself, we have the same enemies. Oh, absolutely. Um, absolutely. And, and, and by no stretch are we saying that Donald Trump is the answer to all the of issues not, in the yeah. country. But uh, when it comes to those uh, bedrock principles, he is on the right side. He had the right enemies, Paul. Jesus 911. We'll be right back. We're going to talk about Luciferianism, a destructive globalist belief system. Be back. Now, back to Jesus 911. If this call is not an emergency, dial 888-526-2151. Soul Patrol Jesus 911. Let's take a look at the Luciferianism, a secular look at a destructive globalist belief system. We were wor warned about this in 1967 by Archbishop Fulton Sheen. He warned us about these globalists. Here's what he said in 1967. Quote, The conflict of the future will be between a God religion and a state religion, between Christ and the Antichrist, but in political disguise. Notice what he said, that the Antichrist will take a political disguise. Fulton Sheen also said, The world is rapidly being divided into two camps. The comradeship of Antichrist, that's communism, and the Brotherhood of Christ. The line between these two are being drawn. How long will the battle how long the battle will be? We know not. Whether swords will have to be unsheathed, we know not. Whether blood will have to be shed, we know not. Whether it will be an armed conflict, we know not. But in a conflict between truth and darkness, truth cannot lose. Fulton Sheen warned us that we'll be dealing with a political communistic system. Uh, before the second coming of Christ, I believe it's here. And I know it's not hard to make the case that many of the people currently running the world have no conscience. <laughs> I think everybody would agree with that statement. Over many years of investigating the mechanics of global events and people behind them, I've become perhaps a little obsessed with one particular subject, which is the source and motivation of evil. This fascination doesn't stem from a morbid curiosity, but a strategic need to understand the enemy and defeat him. Much like an exterminator needs to understand the behavior of cockroaches to be effective, as Catholic Christians, we should seek to understand the behavior 
and the nature of organized evil. One very important fact that must first be made clear in people's minds is that evil does indeed exist. I know that establishment propaganda has spent immense time, effort, and capital attempting to condition to society into believing that evil is nothing more than a social construct, just an opinion, that, that evil is supposedly in the eye of the beholder a product of religious conditioning. But this is false. Just like concepts of beauty and concepts of evil, they're actually inherent in our psyches from birth. So this whole the eye of the beholder, this is irrelevant. <clears throat> Two particular areas of human psychology that even support this fact. First, as the work of Carl Jung, and by extension, anthropologists like Joseph Campbell, exposed all human beings, no matter where in the world they're born, from the most isolated tribe in the Amazon to the largest metropolis in America, carry the same archetypal symbols in their psyche. What does that mean? That is to say, we all have the same psychological elements in our minds regardless of environment. This fact alone is so overwhelming to modern man that some people refuse to even acknowledge it as a possibility. We've been trained like lab rats to see only one path through the maze. We've been told over and over again that everything is relative and each person is entirely a product of environment and that we all start out empty as blank slates. And But the vast majority of people, they have an intuitive relationship with good and evil or an intuitive understanding of good and evil. Most people feel anxiety when confronted with evil thoughts or, or, or actions. And most people feel personal guilt when they know they've done something evil to other people. You, you could call this probably a person's moral compass, but I would refer to it as the soul of the person or the spirit of the person. In any case, there's a contingent of people in the world that do not have a moral compass. Yes. There's a small percentage of the population that is born without a conscience. Or they, or, or, or they find it easy to ignore their conscience. Or they have a malformed conscience, a deformed conscience, a misinformed conscience. And there are these globalists that unfortunately, these are the rich and famous. These are these Luciferian globalists that in many instances, they are the earth movers, the movers and shakers. But I'll get to those people in a moment. First, let me delve into what evil is. St. Thomas Aquinas says that evil is the absence of good. Evil is the absence of good. But evil is also any action that seeks to destroy or exploit or enslave in the name of personal gain or gratification. Unfortunately, evil actions are often misrepresented as advantageous for the group, thereby making them morally acceptable. The needs of the many supposedly outweigh the needs of the few, and thus evil is rationalized as a means to a positive end for the greater good by these globalists, these secular humanists. In most cases, however, destructive actions do not end up serving the interests of the majority, 
they only end up giving more wealth and power to an elite minority of globalists. And this is not a coincidence. Evil begins with the denial of the existence of conscience or the denial of the existence of free will. Each person is born with the capacity or freedom to choose. We can listen to our conscience or we can ignore it. We can do good or we can do evil from one second to the next. Evil tells us the choice is relative and that morality is relative. Evil tells us that there's no difference between a good choice and a bad choice or that the evil choice is the only choice. This is what I would call the talking snake, the voice of the devil that traffics in our senses, that attacks the mind. Remember, the mind is the chessboard. The mind is the battlefield where spiritual warfare takes place. Beyond ignoring conscience, we must also define the motivation that drives evil. Psychologists would suggest that destructive self-serving actions stem from an obsessive desire to obtain or control things we cannot or should not have. Interestingly, this is also what some religions teach us. But let's stick to a secular examination. As mentioned earlier, there's a group of people in the world, we call them the Great Reset Globalists, who do not see good and evil the way most of us do. Their psyche functions in a completely different way without the filter of conscience, without the filter of the Word of God. These people exhibit the traits of narcissistic sociopaths. Full-blown, high-level, narcissistic sociopaths represent around 1% to 5% of the total human population. And most of them are born not made by their environment. Also, 5 to 10% of people hold latent traits of either narcissism, narcissism or sociopathy that generally only rises to the surface in an unstable crisis environment. There's an ideology or a system of belief that argues for the exact opposite of what conscience tells us is good and that system that opposes the moral conscience is Luciferianism. In fact, Luciferianism appears to be the source influence for most existing destructive isms in our society, including socialism, communism, globalism, terrorism, atheism. I got a theory. It's my theory that Luciferianism is a religion. It's a cult designed by sociopathic narcissists for the benefit of sociopathic narcissists. It's sometimes difficult to identify the true sacraments behind Luciferianism because for one, Luciferians refuse to admit that the system is a religion at all. They prefer to call it a philosophy or a methodology, at least in public. The system also seems to encourage encourage active disinformation in order to dissuade or mislead non-adherents. And the historic term for this religious secrecy is occultism, or I would call it elitism.
There are some foundational beliefs that Luciferians do openly admit to. First and foremost, the goal of Luciferianism is to attain Godhood, with a small g, of course. That's to say, they believe that some human beings have the capacity to become gods through the accumulation of knowledge, which falls into another heresy called Gnosticism. But, again, uh, the facts don't stop Luciferian circles from destructively chasing that which they cannot have. By extension, scientific knowledge not tempered by discipline, wisdom, and a moral compass can lead to catastrophe. Material knowledge is, is invariably abused by those seeking godlike power. And the notion of self-worship is a core trait of sociopathic narcissists. Luciferianism just codifies it as, as if it's a virtue. But another problem with the idea of becoming a god, lowercase g, is that one inevitably dev develops a desire for followers and worshipers. I mean, think about it. What is a savior after all? Without a flock. But how does a human being gain a flock and become more a god? How do they do it? Through force or through trickery. That's the way Satan taught them. You're listening to Jesus 911. I'm a one-man car. I'm giving you a big eye, uh, 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 the bird's eye view of the destructive globalist system set in place right now. It's Luciferian. We'll be right back. Now, back to Jesus 911. If this call is not an emergency, dial 888-526-2151. Feast day of St. Thomas Becket. He was, he was martyred in the 12th century. He was a bishop. Uh, he was known for his opposition to the overreach of the state's power. Uh, St. Thomas Becket, pray for us. We're talking about the globalist. And their Luciferian mentality. Uh, the pursuit of individual gratification is what pushes these Luciferian globalists to the point that people around us begin to suffer because of the elitist nature of Luciferianism. They're not necessarily seeking the elevation of all individuals. They're just seeking the elevation of deserving individuals like themselves, the rich and famous. And so there's a tendency to view non-adherents as inferior, stupid people that should be sheared like sheep by those who are chasing a superior dream of personal godhood. This attitude can also be seen in the common actions of narcissistic sociopaths who have no qualms about, about conning or exploiting people around them as resources or feeding off others like parasites. And they treat this <coughs> as an acceptable practice because they themselves, they see themselves as special that they're destined to achieve more than the ignorant rabble. They're meant to do great things and they're meant and they're meant uh, and their image is meant to be cemented in the foundations of history. 
<laughs> who are some of these social sociopaths, Luciferian globalists? Fauci, George Soros, Bill Gates, the Rockefeller Foundation, the Open Society Foundation, the Bilderberg Group, the Freemasons, the Deep State, the Illuminati, just a few. The elitism of Luciferianism is hardly hidden any longer. Luciferians claim that they have no interest in converting other people. Instead, Luciferians, uh, they, they claim that their goal is to influence the public through social and political spheres. And that's pretty obvious that that's exactly what they're trying to do. Political gatekeepers, though not openly Luciferian, tend to let, their, to let slip their affiliations at times. For example, Saul Alinsky, a high-level leftist organizer and Democrat uh, gatekeeper, he praises the rebellious Lucifer in the personal acknowledgments of his political manual, Rules for Radicals, in which, again, he dedicates the book to Lucifer. Luciferianism is also prevalent in globalist institutions. For example, the United Nations seems to be highly involved in the ideology through groups like Lucis Trust. Who's that? That's a publishing house founded by Alice Bailey, an avid promoter of Luciferianism, who also owned the Lucifer Publishing Company. So, Lucis Trust was originally headquartered at the UN building in New York and still runs a private library of occult books out of the United Nations today. Former UN director like Robert Mueller, they were tied closely with Lucis Trust and the work of Alex Bailey and openly promoted Luciferianism. Robert Mueller was central to the UN's global education policies for children and formed numerous branch agencies with the intent of global governance. You can read Robert Mueller's white papers on the formation of a global government on his website, Good Morning World. Luciferians approach global governance like they do everything else, with heavy propaganda spin. Robert Mueller argues that the goal must be, must be pitched to the public through the idea of protecting the earth. In other words... Robert Mueller believed environmentalism was the key to convincing the masses of the need for total centralization of power into the hands of globalist institutions. So Luciferian ideals are sugar-coated in a host of flowery and noble-sounding motifs. But what are they really all about? Some Gnostic texts depict Satan as a good guy and God as the bad guy in the story of Genesis, according to Gnostics. The Gnostics say God being a ruthless slave master and the serpent is, is the liberator bringing knowledge of the material world to mankind. So in Gnosticism and in Satanism, Lucifer's like a heroic savior. That's the narrative. You have Manly P. Hall, a 33rd degree Freemason, an influential New Age writer, He's quoted as saying in his collection of writings entitled The All-Seeing Eye, he says, quote, Lucifer represents the individual intellect and will which rebels against the domination of nature and attempts to maintain itself contrary to natural impulse. Lucifer in the form of Venus is the morning star spoken of in Revelation 
which is to be given to those who overcome the world. Now, most discrete Luciferians sometimes argue that the mythological figure of Lucifer is separate from the Christian image of Satan. The name Lucifer is not mentioned directly in the Bible in reference to Satan, though the phrase morning star, which is the direct translation of the word Lucifer, is mentioned in reference to Satan. But this argument seems rather disingenuous to me because for centuries the term Lucifer has been synonymous with the devil in the public consciousness. And Luciferians seem to be trying to separate themselves from the negative connotations associated with Satanism through a twisted form of wordplay and semantics. But why would they care? Why would Satanists care? Unless, of course, they're seeking to influence the public consciousness and they realize that it's hard to sell people on Satanism, so they want to put a different face on an old and ugly idea. Because Satanists often refer to Lucifer and Satan in the same breath as being the same figure. Again, these people believe in secrecy and initiation. They don't like their darker side on display for the whole world to see and to judge. A direct antithesis to someone like Anton LaBay, the founder of the Church of Satan in San Francisco in 1966, would be Michael Aquino. He was a military intelligence officer specializing in psychological warfare who was a member of Anton LaVey's Satanic Church, but he left to start his own more marketable temple of Set. So Michael Aquino, a general, a, a, a military general, he's best known for a tactical thesis on psychological warfare that he wrote with General Paul Valilai, called PSYOP from PSYOP to Mind War. The thesis outlines the use of propaganda and other strategies to turn a target population against itself to either destroy that population or control it more easily without ever having to use outright military force. Michael Aquino, this military intelligence officer and Satanist, showcases the Luciferian belief in magic, but not magic in the way popular culture understands it. Luciferians believe in the power of magic words and symbols in the form of psychological key phrases and archetypes. That is to say, they have adopted the use of archetypal psychology. <clears throat> Luciferians use archetypes to manipulate and control public thought. This is often done through popular culture and films. A, a, a real obvious one or a real obvious example would be Ridley Scott's The Blade Runner in which androids rebel against their slave master and creator and eventually murder him. <clears throat> then there's a the more subversive entertainment like Netflix's series of unfortunate events, which starts out as a funny comedic children's tale, but ends with a display of essentially uh, uh, every aspect of Luciferian Luciferianism, right down to elitism, as a necessary practice. You find moral relativism, uh, and you find this unhelpful and controlling God figures surrounded by sycophants, and even a serpent carrying an apple containing the knowledge to save the protagonist from a horrible fate. The duplicity of Luciferianism alone should be enough to make people wary of its promises and arguments. Humanity has, has spent the better part of 2,000 years trying to remove the influences of secretive occult religions, <clears throat> uh, 
over political classes and structures. Yet these people, they're not going anywhere. They're relentless in their desire for power. <clears throat> so regardless of the positive spin that Luciferians adopt for their ideology, the fruits of their activity speak much louder than propaganda. Through their efforts towards globalism, what I see is a cancerous desire for control over civilization and of every aspect of human thought. I also see a perversion of nature as they seek to obtain what they call godhood. <clears throat> and then we have transhumanism and genetic tampering carry all the hallmarks of the Luciferian ideal. Regardless of one's religious affiliation, it's hard to find anything in the value of value in their system. It's abhorrent. Everything about Luciferianism and Satanism, it's an affront to our conscience. It can only become acceptable to the majority through deception. And if you have to lie about the motives of your philosophy in order to get people to adopt your philosophy, then your philosophy must be dangerously incomplete or outright cataclysmic. Catholics, remember, we're called to be great saints. Don't miss the opportunity. As, as uh, St. Peter says, save yourselves from this corrupt generation. Be saints. You weren't made to fit in. You were born to stand out. As Catholics, faith is what gets you started. Hope is what keeps you going. And love is what brings you to the end. Those who tell you the truth love you. Those who tell you what you want to the, what, what you want what they want you to hear, they love themselves. Remember, where most men work for degrees after their names, we work for one before our names. S T. Let's all work to get that S T before our name. It's a much more difficult degree to attain. It takes a lifetime, and you don't get your diploma until you're dead. But I don't care if you're five or 105. God from all eternity chose you where you're at to where you're at right now, at this time in history, to change the world. We're called to holiness according to our state in life. And I end with the battle cry of the Crusaders, who pulled no punches. Christus vincit, Christus reinat, Christus imperat. Christ conquers, Christ reigns. Christ commands. Catholics, be not afraid. We serve the Virgin Most Powerful, a 12-star general. Pray your rosary every day and read the Daily Mass readings. Up next, stick around. You don't want to miss the big guy, Gary Machuda, coming to you from the Midwest Command Center, giving you high-level apologetics. As for me, one-man car, that's a wrap. I'm 10 -7. E-O-W, end of watch. God bless you. Keep the faith.